Alright you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here recording live midday on my lunch break. Um, I don't know what's going on here. I'm at the post office, just needing a place in the shade. Um, Just a private place in the shade to record. So I found one little spot. It's a little hot today. Um, With the windows up at this time of day because it's like 10 minutes till noon about so i mean i'm sitting out here there's four police suvs uh like three officers speaking to one person i'm not sure what all the other cars are doing here um but i'm just here to take a break and record so yeah my brain's been foggy Last night was the first night in a long time that I actually was, like, feeling like almost naturally fell asleep. Um, And it started early. I started getting drowsy early. And it's probably because I did, like, about 90-minute workouts two days back-to-back. And then yesterday, I don't know how many, how long I walked, um, but it looks like the total day steps by later that day were, like, the total day steps were, like, seven thousand over seven thousand so shout out to getting some energy back um but i wanted to start talking a bit about about attachment styles um because you know a lot of people myself included are very interested in relationships and you know i kind of talk about this stuff with friends of mine um and i kind of notice you know that you know, some things aren't easy for me. And one of my friends was mentioning, you know, about, you know, his, he was like updating me about his like dating life and stuff. And we kind of talk about that stuff. And he was mentioning, you know, his kind of attachment styles, um, and kind of how things are going with someone he's, um, interested in. And oh, here comes a police pickup truck now. Well, it just passed by, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was mentioning that about his life. Um, and then I was thinking about it and I was like, I think I'm more on the avoidant end. Um, and so I started reading more about avoidant attachment. So insecure attachment types. Um, so insecure attachment types are basically attachment types that make it so it's difficult to have attachments and there are usually theoretical general generalized reasons why and so I can talk about I mean maybe this is kind of personal but we'll see um and sorry for the AC in the background but um this article talked about um attachment style of having an avoidant insecure attachment style and then how somebody could create uh support their partner if they had that if their partner had that style of attachment and then it kind of talks about background information so 
with the background information, it says um, that according to Dr. Diane Pooley Heller, spelled uh, Diane, spelled the usual way, and then P O O L E, and then H E L L E R. Um, she was the writer of Power of Attachment, The Power of Attachment. Um, there's a quote that says, um, avoidant attachment fosters independence early in life. And this quote says, if we reach out and are met with neglect or rejection, it's understandable that we will reduce our attachment seeking behavior. And if our parents don't meet our emotional needs with quality responses it's reasonable that we might begin to rely more and more on ourselves and so the reliance more and more on oneself um takes away from reliance on others but then um you know sometimes you know they're they're incur they're basically encouraging here that a partner who wants to help um, and people can apply this to their own lives too. Um, so there's maybe the aspect of somebody wanting to help. And if they want to help, they can, you know, basically develop a deeper understanding, um, use empathy, kind of understanding uh, points that might create forms of vulnerability and then once you know those are kind of noticed then not not really taking um the vulnerability like taking advantage of it but you know just learning about vulnerability points as a way to kind of strengthen the communication with the insecurities that come up so um they call it vulnerabilities and antidotes. And so the antidotes are basically what the other person, um, the other partner or person that is in a dating relationship with a, an avoidant person, what they can do. But it also helps for people who are avoidant to learn about what's going on for them, too. So that's why I found it pretty helpful to kind of read it, uh, read this article through. Um so they talk a lot about some um, information from Dr. Stan Tatkins, T-A-T-K-I-N. Uh, Dr. Stan Tatkins' book called Wired for Love. And they took away like this concept is called that says basically a quote, partners who are experts on one another know how to please and soothe each other and then um so vulnerabilities are basically like things that are considered like in their words like a soft spot that a partner has because of their attachment style and then the antidote is the practical thing that a partner can say or do in response to those vulnerabilities that doesn't trigger a defensiveness or doesn't trigger like well shutting down as a defensiveness or any type of defensiveness or discomfort or 
like um increasing the insecurity um and it says without in a quote without the help of their partner islands are unlikely to understand who they are recognize their deep-seated existential loneliness or ultimately overcome their anxiety about intimate relationships after all they know only what they've experienced in order to step off their islands and into a more social world they need to be met with understanding they need partners who will make the effort to find out what makes them tick and so that's a quote when um tatkin was talking about um people with avoidant um styles as um almost being like islands so they talk about three different vulnerabilities one of them is feeling intruded upon another one is fear of too much intimacy and then and the third one is fear of being blamed and so the first one that they talk about here is you know feeling intruded upon and they talk a lot about like you know sometimes avoidant people kind of get really zoned into their own like hobbies activities work and being distracted or interrupted is not necessarily preferred um I mean I can attest to that like I you know I work from home and have housemates and like they just you know don't really seem to understand sometimes about like their noise levels when they're on the phone I have this one person I share a wall with who shouts on the phone a lot because she's arguing or something or and then you know sometimes I've had the housemates like about a year ago like in the middle of kind of arguments with each other that you know our walls are thin and we have wood floors so sound travels and it's like you know I can be in the middle of a meeting and they're over there like arguing and it's like okay like I can hear you guys from my room like shouting at one another or um other times like where one of them you know I get the mail most of the time but sometimes when she does pick up the mail she'll knock on my door and be like hey there's mail um and she'll put it under my door or whatever and it's like okay like thanks for that but it's like you know I'm in the middle of a shift and then I have both like all of them pretty much call me in the middle of work and so it's at the point where I literally silence my phone and don't even like you know um try to try to get more involved with them I just silence my phone um so I don't like being interrupted at work I find it to be annoying it's kind of like a little bit embarrassing on one end because it's like you know if I'm in the middle of work you know in a session or something I don't want people trying to talk to me um or if I'm in the meeting I don't want people trying to like talk to me so I remember really recently being in a session with somebody who you know the client her uh partner was like having a lot of health conditions and I was like is he gonna live kind of thing and you know right around that moment um the guy who owns the place is like knocking on my window and I'm like I'm in a session you know and I'm like I'm sure he could hear the whole session he's like outside my window because you know the room's hot I keep the window open and he's like right outside there and I'm just like because I guess I had accidentally locked him out but it's kind of like to me it's a little intrusive it's like how long have you been standing out there and you're like right outside my freaking bedroom window like and my desk is right by the window so like things like that or I'm just like 
you know, I kind of need like space when I'm working. I don't like to be interrupted. And especially if it's in a professional setting, it's a little embarrassing to have anything about my personal life. Um, like I don't want people necessarily from work or, or clients knowing like that I live with people or who I live with or who I'm talking to or who's in the background or who's arguing or who's telling me I have mail or any of that kind of stuff to me is like not okay. Um, but to them, they just feel, oh, you're home. This is convenient for me to just like tell you this. Um, cause from their perspective, I feel like they're trying to be like, they're not trying to be like in the way, but I do find it intrusive. Um, when I talk on the phone, like even recording podcasts, especially, or when I'm talking on the phone to my friends and things, I don't like to do it in the house. I don't like to think that people are overhearing. I don't really like people that I don't want involved in my life to even be involved. Like I can totally live in a house with people and really not care at all to really want to get to know them in any way. Uh, mainly because I don't like when people start trying to like, you know, have different kind of boundaries. Like, I don't like it when they, when, you know, I have boundaries and then they're like trying to like impose on my kindness and be like asking for rides and favors and things where it's just like, you know, if you don't really know me, you're not going to be likely to like ask me to like take you shopping for your groceries or something. It's like, you know, be independent, figure it out yourself, Uber yourself, get, get Instacart, like whatever. Like I'm not here for your convenience. You know, the only convenience that we all have in my opinion is that we're sharing the rent. So it's cheaper. But other than that, I don't want to be any other, I don't want to be of any other, you know, support to anybody in the house really um and when they have a lot of emotional kind of stressors they kind of tend to call me and talk want to talk to me about it and I just don't want to be involved so um but yeah they really like being involved and I really don't um but yeah getting interrupted and then the kind of like involvement thing those types of things I noticed definitely come up Um, It says antidotes is, you know, if someone's in the zone, just kind of approaching them quietly, not shouting from the other room. Um, And if you feel like you need to talk, just telling them how long you need to kind of be engaged with them for for. um, And then instead of like calling unexpectedly, um, if you're trying to just have like a personal chat or something like to you know send a message you know maybe not like fully scheduling just being like hey can we chat later tonight or like whatever and I'm I know I'm better with that when people are kind of more like I feel like they respect my time more when it's like they call me and I know exactly what they want for how long it's gonna take like if they say really quick because I do have like I mentioned the people I live with they'll just call they'll unload and it can be like an hour two hours long almost if I just let them have their way and just like stay on the phone and talk as much as they please and I'm like dude like to me that's like so disrespectful it's like I didn't want to talk to you all day long like this um I wasn't trying to like interact with you for this whole length of time but they really wanted to do it and they were kind of not really considering me or even asking if I wanted to talk so I've gotten to the point where I almost just like don't take any calls unless somebody Unless I'm available, like emotionally available or not busy. Um, Another one 
fear of vulnerability sorry fear of too much intimacy that's the vulnerability number two out of the third out of the three listed um that you know people feel extremely uncomfortable um with increasing intimacy um especially if it's starting like if it's too quick or just kind of like they're blindsided by it um it can it can lead them to kind of pull away physically or emotionally and and create distance and um like I'd say that you know I noticed that like I've I've met people in my life who like they were kind of like wanting to hug or something you know like and I was just like about to just dip you know and they're just like can we hug or something I'm like okay but um I never really thought too much about it but there was once at work where you know I had a friend that was pretty stressed out I guess and it was her last day and she was coming out of the main uh part of the admin section of the office and everyone was saying goodbye so I thought she was kind of leaving like right then and so I was like oh bye and like I kind of reached and like gave her a hug or whatever and then she was just like okay that's kind of awkward to be like hugging me at work or like whatever I was like okay like because we were always like hugging each other and stuff like I mean so I was a little like feeling like blamed about it and like kind of like that wasn't like a good feeling like I I understand like I'm not like there to cross people's boundaries or anything or make them uncomfortable and I'm not like huge on like physical touch and all that and especially in an office setting but I was just like I wasn't I, I thought she was leaving so I was just trying to be nice um trying to just give her a hug and be like oh bye you know um but I guess she was like a little put off by it and so I did get a little offended though like not not so much not so much that you know she felt it was awkward or that she was not comfortable with it or that she was mentioning it to me but just I was a little uncomfortable because of how she had like brought that up to me um I felt like she wasn't being nice. Um, It wasn't like she was trying to be kind or understanding or, um, you know, she was just kind of like irritated with me about it. And I was kind of like, okay, I was just trying to, you know, show show you my appreciation. And, you know, that was kind of met with like her like slightly reprimanding that situation. And so that kind of stuck with me a bit. And, you know, when it comes to other situations where I'm not sure if people really want to be like having me hugging them and stuff, I kind of just like back off and don't do it because I'm like, oh, that didn't feel comfortable when she when that other person mentioned it to me like that. And it's not even a big deal, but it's kind of just like, you know, that's just something that comes up. Like I think about it. Um more than I did before like before it was almost just like how when you shake people's hands like I was like I would just reach out for a hug you know um but I guess I don't really know like I wasn't comfortable with it I wasn't comfortable with the way she was um she kind of said it to me because we are friends and like literally like she 
I don't know, she'll, she's the kind of person that, like, we've walked around on the, on the street, you know, like, between clubs and stuff, and, like, club hopping, bar hopping, whatever, and she would, like, take my hand, or, like, hold my arm, and stuff like that, and I'm just, like, I didn't ask her to do that, but it's, like, whatever, you know, so I was just kind of just, like, surprised that she was, like, so offended, and then later on, when she went to leave that day, she came up and was like oh bye and then she's like oh like now I can hug you or whatever and I'm just kind of like okay so what makes this situation less awkward than the other one you know and I was kind of like I just like hugged her and I was like bye you know but I was a little not happy with like I didn't even really want to hug her honestly at that point because I was just like I was honestly a little bit offended because I was like, well, I was trying to hug you earlier just because I was trying to be nice. And then she was just kind of like, I don't I don't get what her deal was, really. Um, but, yeah, I met with her recently, too. And she she's the one who kind of, like, initiates hugs most of the time. Like, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it just put me kind of on, on this, like, cautious kind of defensiveness, just, like, with the blaming and stuff. But then, like, you know, that kind of, like, that's not, like, a deep intimacy, but it was, like, enough to just put me over to, like, I didn't really like how that felt. Um, Antidote, they mention, is be, you know, patient and ease into closeness with somebody, you know, um, paying attention to their comfort levels as intimacy increases. And um, one thing that they mentioned, too, was that uh, moments of intense intimacy may come with a bit of a hang, like a, in quotes, like a hangover. Um, and, you know, so they kind of need some time between, like, if there's like a lot of emotional stuff going on, they might need some time, like, between to kind of like regroup, refocus, you know, settle in with things and like process things a little bit more versus like back to back to back to back. And then I noticed that with my social settings, especially like the more deeper connections I start getting with my with my friends, um, I've definitely been noticing, you know, that I need more days between um, to not be engaged on that level. So I don't know, but oh, sorry, did I keep like opening and closing the window and stuff but like I'm trying to like record this without people overhearing me and like there's people that keep walking right by my car but all right so let's try this again try not to have the car on so yeah um so they recommend like checking in um and you know, asking them, like, do you want me to stop? How are you feeling with this? That kind of stuff. Um, I feel like that helps because sometimes, you know, I notice, like, if I'm dating someone, I feel like they just don't really notice, like, how I'm feeling. Um, they don't really ask me how I'm feeling about stuff. Um, sometimes, um, And then trying to, like, plan. They say, like, for example, I'd like to spend some time, just us tomorrow, so that 
we can catch up how does that sound for you um and then yeah it goes into that fear of being blamed kind of like I mentioned with that example about like trying to like hug my friend out of like friendship and like you know appreciation after that work um when she was leaving work like she was leaving like she was moving to a different job that was going to be her last day there um so they mentioned antidotes like if you need to bring something up with them you know because sometimes there is going to be a time in in a relationship where you need to kind of discuss some situation that may have just happened um so being conscious of the timing um their energy levels and things like that um and then trying to preface the conversation by saying that you care about them and you care about the relationship and that's why you want to bring something up with them and also one of the best points i found was when they said that um it's helpful to start um with letting them know how you're feeling and not shying away from your own vulnerability so i've found that really helpful when people are vulnerable about their kind of status with things then I can be a lot more open. And the example they give, they say, when you bailed on our date last night, I felt hurt and was afraid that it meant you were losing interest in me. So something like that versus saying like, why did you bail? Or like, you know, are you going to bail on me again? Or, you know, I didn't like when that happened. You know, if you just say like, your perspective of why you didn't that you didn't like that something happened but without like too much more perspective in it or too much more vulnerability on your end other than just mentioning it it just feels more blaming than helpful and so that's kind of one thing that I was noticing but I kind of wasn't too sure um if these were like all of the points like I'm pretty sure there's more than like three points so I'm wondering why they just listed only three but I I like this article it was helpful it was good um and all right my lunch break's almost over so I gotta get going but um that's it for now thanks for listening